Welcome to another episode of Metal Mastermind, co-founder, co-host Jason Stallworth, and also co-founder, co-host, the great Ken Kedellis, my legendary so, brother. Yes, dude. <laughs> Does legend mean I'm old? <laughs> uh, legend means you've made an impact. <laughs> well, that's good. Okay, I'll take that, man, over being old. Oh, guys, we are we are going to talk about something that I personally can, I think every musician uh, of course, I think every musician should write their own song, write at least one song. But on top of that, you know, write it, record it, I think is a good idea. And how far you want to go with it is up to you. But, dude, have a music video for your song. I mean, how cool is that? Because we're, we're all intrigued by video. Yeah, you, know, you listen to the song. That's fine. But when you see a video, I mean, it's almost kind of up there with, with being at a concert. It kind of has that same impact, same but different, you know. Uh, but just the the scene that you put with the lyrics and or the 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 composition, I just think it adds so much. And Ken, this is a great time to do it because right now, dude, you are shooting a music video. I am. <laughs> How's yeah, that going, by the way, man? That's a lot uh, of work, right? Busy. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of work. <laughs> but you know what? Um, uh, we'll 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 get to how that's going because I mean like there's there's so much I can speak about it but I think yeah. uh, it's important to kind of understand I was thinking about this the other day and it was just like you know is it even relevant to do music videos anymore you know yeah because like I how, think it's extremely how, relevant man how much uh, you know are we you know creating content online that is with video right and it's like yeah I mean it's it's pretty powerful how much a music video can make a splash. Um, but then I was thinking about also, it's like, well, what about attention span? You know, like, is, is, are people going to really watch it? You know, most music videos, I think most people, they may watch a music video once, but they may not watch it again. And I was one, I was thinking about how the impact of social media has affected video. Because back in the day when it was like MTV, Right. MTV was like the thing that changed the industry. Oh, my and, God. Dude, yeah. you know, if you've ever heard the, you know, the, the phrase video killed the radio star. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know, that was kind of a big deal. And it's like, well, why? Well, you know, you had a, a, a big now visual element, an image that you had to uh, uphold alongside uh, your your audio, your your music. It was yeah. uh, it was a big shift in the entire industry. Um, so yeah, I think I think video is more relevant than ever before. I think what's interesting about video now is that you could also uh, chop it up into multiple bite-sized pieces. I think if yeah. people are, you know, they find a, a short clip on TikTok and they're really interested on it, and they want to go and see the full range on YouTube or something it's like a that. Teaser, right? Yeah. yeah, I think I think there's so many elements that you can you know mix in when it comes to doing a music video. Yeah, um, and it's a it's a great piece of content that can keep going for forever because it's related to the core concept, which is your music. It's not like some just you know some product review or whatever. It's like no, this is this is a concept that you're building. So I think it's very important. We take people on a journey. I, I even say this about little things, even a guitar solo. You know, you guitar players out there, you've heard me say this on, in my videos, is a guitar solo, in my opinion, right? It's all about taking that person on a journey. Uh, it's not so much about, look what I can do, but I want you to come with me on this journey. And a video does that, man. Like, you're, and I've seen, I'm not going to 
talk about it, Ken, because I don't want to give it away. But I've <laughs> seen the imagery uh, that you're putting into the video. And dude, you're ta- you're. I mean, it's a it's a short movie, basically, is what you're doing, and uh, it's going to be really interesting. I want to I want to get into what it takes, like as far as gear and other people go, because I know there's a lot that goes with that. But yeah. I want to I just want to preface, and and there's nothing wrong with this, but we're not talking about making a YouTube video like what Ken and I do for YouTube, right? And, and that's good. Hey, you can do that too. You can you can do this at whatever level you want. And Ken, maybe we'll talk about that at the end. We'll talk about the stuff. That if you just want to make something just for YouTube and you, you don't really have a, a budget and you just want to do something simple, we'll talk about that at the end, man. But uh, take us through the journey of, of like a real professional video, dude. Well, okay. So first off, you need to give yourself a little bit of time like two months at least, um, in order to make this planning organization come into place. Because it, it also really highly depends where you do it. <laughs> so if you decide you're going to do it in a studio, you know, that's totally one thing. But if you're going to go out there and you're going to go find a location to do your music video, uh, you need to think about things like permits and insurance and all that kind of stuff too. You know, permits? You know, permits and insurance. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, you dude, don't, you don't wow. really think about that stuff when you're making no, a record. <laughs> you don't. I need a permit. Oh God, yeah, but you do. You do. <laughs> Good old um, USA, man. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. I mean, unless you want to get kicked off of set, you know, after spending two months of preparation. <laughs> oh, dude, that's not a good time. So, yeah, you have to definitely, uh, you know, give a little bit of leeway into, you know, because it's not always going to be on your schedule. You're going to have to work with other people and their schedules and whatnot. So the earlier you can start the conversation about getting the approval to start doing a video on a certain location, the better. And uh, when it comes to insurance, insurance actually is is very simple. Um, You can find uh, event insurance uh, that will, you know, give you a, a quote for one day of protection um you know for your for your shoot so if anything goes wrong you know at least you got something to fall back on um that helps a lot of people feel a little bit more comfortable um throughout the shoot so they're not feeling like especially if they're going out into the woods where we're doing where it's a little bit more you know a little rocky a little slippery with the leaves and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and you're you're carrying heavy equipment you know that could be dangerous so uh, yeah people feel a little bit more comfortable when they're told hey you know this place uh, we've got, we've got it, you know, insured, you know, so when anything goes wrong, we got you, um, taking care of your crew. <laughs> it's just like, it's one of those it's little true, things yeah. that honestly makes a huge impact because when you care about people, uh, you know, for, for me, I like to pay my guys early. So I, I, yeah, I pay them thing, before man. the, I pay them, you know, a majority of the money before the shoot even starts. And, when they begin they're already invested they're like yeah let's do this you know nobody's dragging their feet or they're 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 on it so those are those are definitely big big things about doing a music video uh just as a as a head start you know getting getting ready paying people a little early just as a little you know drop in the bucket say hey here's a little something for you now pay you rest later uh this is my faith in you right like that's important and people you know you let them do their job 
<laughs> Ken, how do you come up with what to film? And I know that's kind of a broad question, man, because you, you know your album, Homeric, your project you're working on is there's a lot of imagery involved because it is a world that you're creating and and there's a there's a really in depth storyline behind it, but. Mm. somebody just wrote a metal song you know let's just let's just talk to the audience here you know you just wrote a metal song and you're like you just recorded it you got it mixed and mastered and you want to release it it's like hey man it's my it's my first thing what what are some things that people can think about for ideas on like where do i even start filming a music video because you you might not want to film just you playing the song because that's more for you know hey this is just a youtube video of me playing it but what are what are some things that uh that you've done that can help stem ideas that's great. Uh, that's a great question. Because when you're thinking about um, your music video, first, I think you need to think about what your concept is and uh, whether or not you want that to be a narrative portrayal as though it were like a, like a film, like a movie. Mm. You want, because there are a lot of people go that route. They go, you know, let's make it a narrative. We'll, we'll hire an actor or an actress. They'll play this role. And then you'll see you know, trade-offs of the band playing, you know, you'll see stuff like that. Uh, if you want to either go full narrative or you want to do part narrative, part performance video, that's another kind of concept. I think if you go for narrative, the more preparation with the shots that you want, the better. Mm. Because if you're trying to tell a very specific story, uh, there are certain key aspects of your story that need to be formulated beforehand so that when you're on set and you're shooting the actual thing you know exactly what you need to capture in order to make that story come to life so uh it's very important that you do something what we call a storyboard and that's okay. just you're basically you just draw you know shot by shot literally if you were to take a camera and you were to think about all the different shots that you wanted to make yeah. this happen that's what you're going to draw and so you draw and you know for this one that i did was about uh 48 different shots of different camera angles that I wanted. And so I, I got all the different parts of the story that I was like, okay, these are the things that are imperative to how I want to tell this story. Is that if in sequence, Ken? Like, in like sequence. this is first time? Okay, gotcha. That makes it and easier, we'll, right? Yes. And we'll get to also how to tackle them too. But gotcha. the, the first uh, aspect is definitely thinking about what is the overall timeline of what's happening in this story. It's a screenplay, and, uh, basically. You're writing out a screenplay before you even start. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> a whole That's storyboard cool. is essentially part of a screenplay. Now, if you're doing a performance video uh, with uh, other things that are happening around that, I think okay. it's important to do a similar idea, but that's where trusting in your director of cinematography, mm -hmm. uh, or director of photography, I'm sorry, the cinematographer, uh, it's going to be really important that you understand their style and what they like, because if okay. you're just playing in a room and you're going to have that filmed, there are certain, you know, maybe stylistic choices that a DP will do that you might be really into or not. So you need to have, uh, you need to review the content of their work. Uh, and see what kind of angles they like to choose, what kind of lenses they like to use to make certain effects, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, of course, depending on where you decide to do your performance video, um, you know, whether it's in a studio 
whether it's at you know a warehouse or something. As I say, a know, warehouse, dude. It, it's typical, you know, right? Or in the woods, if you want to do it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have to think about what are the interesting things around you, because location is everything. It is everything. It is what draws our eyes and makes us become immersed in what we're Let looking at. You. I, and I like where you're going with this. I, I, I've just got a thought in my head, and, 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 and for those listening, this is my, maybe it's an idea. It, me, I like to try to simplify things when possible, but let's say you wanted the storyline, you're in the woods, you know, you got some stuff going on, you've got this story, but you, like in a lot of music videos, you switch from that scene to the person playing or the band playing, right? So you kind of go back and forth. So would you say that might be two different photo shoots? Maybe you're in this dark warehouse with kind of a, a black background and you've got, so you would go in there and just really just maybe shoot two or three different angles of you and or the band playing, right? So you got different angles to work with. Uh, or even if you did one angle, like if you just wanted to simplify it, it might, might not be the best way to do it. But if you just wanted to show the one angle of you playing, if you're a solo person, right? Well, and then switch back and forth. Well, that's, that's a great uh, point. I always say, if you're going to do performance, the more, mm-hmm. the better, because okay. Okay. you don't want to be too static with one shot for too long. Gotcha. And you gotcha. want also movement. You don't, you don't want to keep it as just, uh, even if it's just like a, a simple pan, you know, going from left to right uh, or like forward that. and backward, you know, to zoom in a little bit into the, to the artist, right? That okay. bit of dynamic movement really keeps the listener or the viewer watching because there's something interesting happening rather than a static shot. So I would definitely urge that having multiple cameras is cool. You don't necessarily need multiple cameras, though. You can do it with one camera and just perform it several times. And for a band at that point, if you're a band at that point where you're making a music video, hopefully you know your songs. <laughs> you hope so, man. <laughs> yeah, but the, that, that becomes where it's just like, okay, we're just going to play it again. And you just play it. You just play the song and we just try to get different shots or whatever. You know, yeah. Maybe you have like a GoPro by the drummers, you know, pedals yeah. or whatever. But like well, you're syncing that to the audio anyway, man. So, I mean, like exactly. it, it, even if you don't play it perfectly, you're not going to show the entire footage of that. You're going to be syncing that to your audio track. Uh, but I, I like what you just said because I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I love the production idea, but there are people that maybe have a very limited budget. So I would say if if you have a smaller budget or no budget and you just shot with your iPhone, for example, right? And one angle, like you said, if you have a lesser budget and need to use less gear, then you'll have to do a little bit more work, right? Right. Absolutely. And all of that stuff, again, is, is prep beforehand. If you're the producer, right, let's just establish what's the producer's role, right? It's, it's primarily to fund the project, but to also keep the project logistically in line, right? Because as, as a producer, you're, you're basically the go-to person. You're, everybody's going to ask you what's going on today, right? You might be the director too, but even if, if you didn't direct the movie or the, <laughs> the music video in this case, right, um, if you're not the director, director's going to come to you and ask you, what are we doing today? Right? So you need to be the person with the answers. And if you don't know the answer, that's a lack of planning. Okay. So that's where it comes down to. I mean, you don't, you don't see this for a lot of music projects, but I, I come in teaching my students about post-production. So I'm very into doing what a producer has to do, which in this case, I create an entire production book 
for my entire crew. So if I got a crew of six or seven people, even that, that size, which isn't a lot, but it's, it's a small, tangible size, I give them about 40 pages of information just to have on them so that when they go on set, they know this is the Bible. <laughs> well, it saves time, right, Ken? It, sa- it saves the questions on like, what do we do next? What do I shoot next? You know, it's like, it's kind of like, it's like you don't show up in a studio that you paid time for and then decide to write the song. <laughs> you've, you've already written the song, you've already rehearsed it. So, and you're just giving the team the appropriate material to come in and just do exactly what they need to do. Now, how, how much creative freedom do you give like the, the film team and that sort of thing? Well, that's, a, that's another great question. Uh, I think there's a, a, a shared trust, a mutual trust and respect between yourself and the persons you hire. Um, I mean, I wouldn't choose my director of photography if I didn't think they were capable of making decisions on their own. Right. You know? So it's one of those things like, why would you hire a guitarist if you didn't want the guitarist to input their own interpretation as well. That's a very right? good point, dude. Very so good point. It's the same kind of concept. I'm hiring somebody to do a job because I trust that they know how to do their job. I do have a goal, but it's your job. If you're the director, it is your job to approve of everything that is going on. Right. Yeah. If you didn't know, right. The directors have this vision, right. They have a vision. But a director of photography is the person who actually enacts how to bring that vision to life. Okay. okay? So as the director, I'm kind of like, you know, I got this really cool idea. I want this ambiance and the fog and all this shit, right? And the you're just fog, like, oh, wow, yeah. okay, this is cool. And now the director of photography is thinking, okay, all right, we're going to need a hazer. We're going to need to think about how much it can produce. We also need to think about the lighting that goes through the fog so that it can light the character. Do we need one or two fog machines? Oh, if we want stereo so that it looks a little bit more filled out on the sides, we need to do that. What kind of lens am I going to use to get this shot? Are we doing a hero shot where it's going to be basically the bust and up? Are we going to do an overhead shot? Are we going to do from the ground, from the worm? You know, these are all the different kinds of concepts that we're thinking of uh, as a director of photography. That's the technical interpretation of the director's vision Hmm. right so that kind of person that's your right hand person because they're literally the ones who are going to realize your dream if you don't like the content that they create this is why i say go to their portfolio see what kind of stuff they shoot that's important man that's a really important tip and also having a conversation with them do they understand what you're trying to create Right. Maybe this is not something that they've done before, but they know from their history of cinematography and their film uh, enjoyment. Maybe they have an inkling to wanting to do something, let's say, that you're trying to do. For example, mine is, is straight up horror. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. The, my, my director of photography, uh, he's, he hasn't had a lot of opportunities to film horror. But he loves horror. So those types of, you know, vibes that I'm getting from, from them, and I've seen their work. Their, their work technically is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. I love their stuff. So I'm like, okay, I can see how his technique is going to come into his passion for what he's going to do for me too. Right? So you need to meet this person. You need to talk with them. You need to have a dynamic 
a conversation, a preparation, a planning of what's going to happen for that day. And you can feel them out whether or not are they are they on the same page. If they're on the same page and you know and you have that trust in them, why not? So this is a big thing, Ken. So I, I would say, you know, you wouldn't want to hire a director and a, and a crew that just wants to do it for another paycheck. Because if they're not generally interested in the project, then it's probably not the right person. Now, you know, that'd be like Ken you saying, Hey Jason, you know, I, I, I know you're a good good guitar player and all that, but I got this this country or this hip hop album I want you to record guitar for. And it's just really not my thing, you know? Right. Or or vice versa, if if I'm coming to you, right, uh, recording something rock and metal and I want to hire you to produce that, but that's just not really your style that you like. You know, the person behind the behind the scenes is probably not going to put the same passion into that because it's just not their thing, right? So that I, mean, I, I just say that to say that's an important point to make sure that you connect on that level. The person you want the person to be excited about what, right. what you're filming. See, they, they can only get excited if you know exactly what you want. True. So that's that's a big key point of this is. You need to know your stuff so well. You need to be so passionate about what you have that it, it just kind of exudes out of you Spreads, yeah. to attract these people to do what it is that you want them to do and do it in a way where they're proud. Okay. Because I can't, I can't be proud of something if you're not even proud of your own work. Right. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a key point of all of this, right? Like, you know, doing Homeric or, you know, and, and I'm talking starting from the initial idea that I've ever had for the Circle of Dead Children, which is roughly nine years ago to now to a point where I've, I've got it mixed and I've got it in Atmos and all this kind of stuff. And you are thinking, OK, I've spent so much of my life trying to make this come to life that my, my director of photography is compelled. <laughs> to oh, take man. on this task because of the importance of what it means. So you can only do that if you are just as passionate, you know? Yeah. So I say that in, in a very, very, uh, you know, preemptive thing, because like when we're, when we were going into making this production book and what are, what are you going to talk about when, how do you, how do you prepare for something like this? I mean, you got to yeah. think about one uh, contact information uh, you need to think about, you know, all the people that are coming on, uh, how, do, how should your crew dress? And you're thinking, oh, how should I crew my crew dress? Yeah, well, hey, are you going to wear all black so that this guy who's wearing a white shirt doesn't stick out in the foreground accidentally? Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> right? You think about stuff like that. You think about uh, how to get to the place. Uh, parking. Is there any parking available? Um, we talked about insurance. What's the weather like? You know, I actually. Oh, yeah, uh, that was like a bit rain, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you, maybe, maybe you—that's what you need. Maybe you need maybe a rainy you want day. That. A maybe you don't need a rainy day. And if you're shooting at night, well, what are the phases of the moon? Because that's oh, going wow. to affect wow. the lighting of nighttime. Yeah. So you got to think of stuff like that, and you're just like, "Whoa, okay." Uh, how about maps? How to get to this place? Right. You know, if you're going into the woods, is there a trail? Can you mark the trail on the map so that people know where to go? You know, are you going to have a vantage point? Are you going to meet up where you rendezvous with them? Um, also on site, 
I have maps for everything on site. Like, okay, in this area, this is where we're going to have our base camp, right? So all of our equipment, we're going to park it over here and we're going to work our way up this, uh, this rock so that we can, you know, get all the shots. And I have a schedule for every single shot that we're going to do on that day. And when each one's supposed to take place because of accounting for lighting for the natural mm. daytime. So if I have certain shots that need a brighter scene, I need to film those first. If I'm going to go to a darker scene, that will come mm. second because that will be after uh, sunset. So uh, collaborating with your cinematographer and saying, hey, these are the shots because they at this point, they've already seen the storyboard. They're like, okay, these are what we're going to do. Okay, let's talk about what's the day. Okay, weather. Okay, we've talked about uh, the phases of the moon, et cetera. But when are we going to do these certain shots? And uh, how are we going to plan lunch around that? Right, Because you, know, you can, you, you can do everything, right? But then you yeah. forget, oh, I forgot, you know, we have to eat. <laughs> you don't want to leave your gear out in the middle of nowhere to go somewhere to eat, right? <laughs> you, know, you definitely don't want to do that. So I got to pack lunches that day, right? Man. I put that in my schedule. Uh, go to the deli, you know, get the ham, yeah. cheese with lettuce, tomato, and mayo for this oh, person. Gross, or- dude. Don't put that stuff on your sandwich. <laughs> no mayo, man. By the way, guys, I have seen this. Uh, Ken has shared this with me. So I have seen all this stuff that, that you know, Ken, that you've planned out. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, if you guys want, um, you know, reach out to us on Discord or, or you know, drop us an email on metalmastermind.com. But uh, if you want, maybe we can put together an actual YouTube video or maybe even a blog post with a checklist for for these uh, for everyone listening, because this is serious, man. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're going to do something that's yours, right? And you want to be proud of, I mean, it, it's worth the effort to go through all the effort that you're going through, Ken. And, and I've seen everything that you, you, you're providing. It's like, holy crap, dude, you, this is like a, a really great template for, for anyone to use. So it's really well thought out and everything is, is so detailed and put together. So that, like you said, we go back to the beginning when it comes time to film, when, it, when it's film day, it's all laid out. There's no, what do we do next? Oh crap. I forgot this. You've right. got everything laid out, man. And you know, I've, I've learned, and this is not an original idea. Okay. This is something that has been used in the industry for a long time. We just don't ever see it as consumers. So we never know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But you know, being in the industry, like I've done good morning America, I've done, you know, Romeo Santos at MetLife stadium, you know, for a hundred thousand people. And this is the kind of stuff that you see. And they give you a production book with all the information that's relevant to how to make this thing come to life and do it seamlessly, right? So it takes a lot of planning. And so for my music video, right, one of the biggest things for my music video was, okay, we have this dynamic between light and dark. That's important because that conceptually means something in my story. Then there's also the concept that um, when we do this shot, this scene, Everything is going to be at a really, really, really high definition. For those of you who mm-hmm. don't know, right, Homeric, uh, the album, The Circle of Dead Children, is releasing at 96 kilohertz and 24-bit audio. That's really, really high resolution. And I'm trying to do a very similar thing here with the video. So high-resolution audio with high-resolution video is going to be a cinematic experience, right? That's part of what you're getting when you go to like a movie theater, right? It's very high quality audio, 
very high quality video and everything is, you know, edited in a certain way that makes it feel cinematic. So if I'm going to try and achieve that and hit standards like Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos at the same time, right, you better believe that there's going to be a lot of planning to make sure that we have preemptively, uh, you know, prepared for that, right? Because mm -hmm. if I'm doing high resolution video, that means more data is going to be recorded, which means I need to have bigger hard drives. I need to have a capable camera. I need to have batteries that can withstand the amount of power that it's going to pull and for how long, you know, all these different things. We're going to need a generator on site for the lighting or the fog machines for all this stuff. <laughs> so you think about that and you're like, hmm, when you ask for something like that, there's a lot of pieces to the moving puzzle that you got to think about. So that entire time of preparing for the music video is not for you to chill out. It's for you to prepare and notate and think about, okay, what are the loopholes that can go wrong in my video shoot that if I don't prepare for now will end up in me having a subpar product? Because you should think about having this in your mind for the second, okay? It's something called Murphy's Law. I don't know if you've ever mm. heard Jason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One yeah. of my old bosses said she was the queen of Murphy's Law because <laughs> if it was going to happen, it was going to happen to her. Well, if, if, if you remember from Murphy's Law, it's, it's anything that can happen will happen, right? Yeah. So Expect it, right? Yeah. It, it, it's like you should expect that it will. And if I have not notated, for example, that we should have, uh, you know, uh, uh, like 512 gigabytes on a, on an SD card for our camera so that it could record and it should be notated that this should be the particular type of speed that it can handle. If I don't write that into my book, I should expect that my cinematographer will not think about that. Hmm. That's good. Right. Point, dude. Yeah. So yeah. It's just to say, Hey, are we on the same page that this is how much data we need? And don't assume, what right? Kind of speed, right? Don't assume that they just do it because they may have so many other things that they're thinking about. And yeah. that might be one of the things that they do consider, but maybe they forget it because they went to have lunch, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just that simple. And so it's like, they had a sandwich with Leo. I literally talked to my cinematographer and I said, Hey, give me an entire equipment list. Oh, great. So that I can just put it over here. Uh, and I put check mark, you know, boxes next to it so that on the day of, check it off, check it off. Do we check got this? Off. Check it off, check it off. And make okay. it very easy for everybody. You know, it's a lot of work on the producer, granted, but it's your project. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, Ken, would, would you say if you don't do this work in the beginning that you might cause yourself more work on the back end, right? Oh, 100%. It's the same thing as saying, um, you know, when you go into a studio and you're going to record your album, you're not ready to play your parts because you forgot to rehearse them, mm. you know, or you didn't make the time to rehearse them. It's kind of like that, too, because you know what? If we don't do any of this prep, it's all a matter of fumbling in post-production because yeah. now I got to take whatever we have and try to make something work out of that. Right. But it's not going to be your vision. It's not going to be the intended vision. It's going to be a subpar version of your vision. So. You have to really think about how much work needs to go into making something that you're, you're doing. 
Let me ask your thoughts on this, Ken, because uh, you're, you're very detailed. Uh, me, I'm not so detailed. I, I kind of get lost in the details sometimes, which is why you and I work really well together. Because <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I can crank out a lot of ideas, and, and, and I can crank out a lot of work, and, and you know, but, so, but when it comes to the details, stuff like this, I, I do. I can get lost. Uh, what are your thoughts on saying? You know, I've got an overall picture here of what I want to do. You know, and just trust that your your camera person is you know just give them the freedom to do what they do to get the best shots like okay this is what i want this is the scene i want but whatever angles you think works best you know have at it i mean you can do that as long as you have a dialogue gotcha, i think gotcha. you got some sort of dialogue some sort of vision I, right you know i think it's it, it it's important for you to have that conversation before mm-hmm. the day of the shoot so oh, if, okay, you're, gotcha. if you're trying to give them liberty to be able to do that, give them the time to prepare what they think are going to be interesting shots and how they can do that. Because if you're going to say, I want this specifically, they're going to prepare for that specifically. If you're going to tell them, hey, I want to give you a little bit of freedom to think about some shots that you might want to do, and you don't necessarily have a storyboard for that, yeah. then you need to give them time to think about what they might want to bring in order to experiment, right? They may, they, need, may mean, they may need to pack separate different types of lenses for their cameras. They may think about having a second camera on set in the first place, or maybe even a third if they, they have it. Uh, they may take a variety of lighting choices. Are they going to use LED panel? Are they going to use a mono spotlight? Are they going to you know, have color and hue? Uh, are they just going to keep it white? You know, these sorts of decisions that if you don't talk about, or at least let them know, like, Hey, I'm entrusting you to do this. Then, you know, you got to make sure that you, you have that conversation so that they don't come in and be like, okay, uh, I wish I brought that. That would have been awesome for this scene. You know? <laughs> yeah. You don't want that. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, a good example is like what what I do with my albums with, you know, I hired uh, Cameron Flurry for this new album coming out in December and, and the one I did in 2019. I used a drum program, TuneTrack's Easy Drummer. I'm not a drummer, right? But I, I can hear things. I'm like, okay, I love a lot of double bassists. I'm a sucker for that. Like when, when we did uh, our song, You Are Your Master. By the yeah. way, guys, uh, look up Metal Mastermind on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever, look up Metal Mastermind, You Are Your Master. That's the song that, that Ken and I wrote and produced for Metal Mastermind uh, for our songwriting course, Metal Songwriters Forge. But I'll give him the template. And like you said, there are specific parts of the song where like, hey, you know what, I, I want this here and want that there. But everything else, man, you're the drummer, I'm not. Just, you know, make it fit the song, however you feel. And I'll give it that creative freedom. And it might not always be something I envision, but I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to go with this. Like, I kind of like it anyway, you know, and, and there might have been a song or two where I said, just have your way on it, you know, but they have the song, right? Like, like to your point, you know, you have the template, right? You have the storyboard. Uh, but I don't know me. I, I like to try to give as much creative freedom as I can uh, only because I might be limited in that space where can I, I feel like, you know, exactly for this project, you know, exactly what you want. The reason I bring this up is because guys, all of you listening right now, you might not know exactly what you want. So I would say try to get an overall vision of it, of kind of what you want, but maybe work with the producer and, and, and give them that creative freedom to, to implement some ideas as well if, if you don't have an exact like step-by-step, you know. 
I'm glad you uh, you mentioned your process when writing You Are Your Master because you did write that uh, that drum track. And uh, that is essentially was your storyboard for me to be able to take and interpret that. And uh, you're absolutely right. You know, not everybody's going to have a video that they want very specific things. So if they're going, if they may just say, hey, I just want this vibe. They may just say that, yeah, you yeah. know. And in that case, you are essentially entrusting uh, the directing role into the cinematographer. And that's yeah. fine because the cinematographer is going to now take that idea and they may ask, you know, like, okay, do you want like certain props? You know, it's like, is that a thing that you want? You know, if you're doing a black metal band, you want like candlelit, you know, environments yeah. or, you know, a dark cave or something like that. You know, like you got to think about in, in that case, like location, location, location. Yeah. It is and the so is yes. important. Yeah. <laughs> it's so important uh, that you have a clear understanding of at least maybe the message that you're trying to send, mm. right? Because, you know, you know, do a deep dive on your lyrics. Maybe are there certain parts of your lyrics that are, it, that appeal to something in a video that you might want to express that. It's a great point. You know? here, yeah. um, so you have to do a lot of reflection in that case. Uh, and then, you know, as you're talking to your, your, your team, you're just talking about how you're going to execute that. Right. And they may have a dialogue with you back and forth on certain ideas, you know, you know, maybe in that candlelit, you know, K for a black metal band in the back, let's, let's put a wash of red from the lighting to put out into the cavern so that you got the red with the, you know, with the candle lights, it'll look really nice or something like that. Or, you know, maybe we're going to need to do this or whatever. So, but having that open dialogue so that they can uh, plan accordingly is still key, even if you don't know exactly what you want. So in that case, you're entrusting them to yeah. come up with some creative ideas, but don't leave it up to the day of. That's that's all we're saying. No, that's a very good point. And, and I'm taken back to a very specific music video. Uh, I, I love the song. And to me, the video itself is very captivating. There are, are a few different angles, several different angles and different, you know, different uh, scenes. But it's the uh, Cradle of Filth's Nymphetamine. Oh that's yeah, that's a, a great, dude. That's, that's a great, great video. It is creepy, man. Like yeah, he's creepy. Cool. Danny Filth is creepy in there. Um, but you've got this innocent of the girl and the swing and all this stuff, and it's just. And then they show the guitar player. They kind of like it's kind of a little bit blurred and shaky a little bit when the guitar player. And it's just everything. I just thought that video, and that's just what immediately comes to mind as we're talking about this sort of thing. I thought that video was just really well produced and put together. Yeah, I mean those kinds of videos are. Not by happenstance. <laughs> no, they weren't done the day of, right? Somebody thought out this They were process. not done the day of. The difference between an amateur and a professional is how prepared they were. That's yes. really the difference. Very good so point, dude. You, you make it as prepared as you can. That's what I would say. If this is the first music video you've ever done in your life, you try your best because you will learn. <laughs> and uh, for the next time it'll be even better you know the first time i did my first music video man i didn't know that the location needed insurance mm. <laughs> mm. i already i had already confirmed you know we were going to arrive to this mansion it was a uh, an abandoned mansion called Crasher mansion out in staten island oh dude and uh, it was actually a very spooky place i went for the for the day that i went to just do oh location scouting by the way super important <laughs> like check out the place you want to go to for the video before the video 
<laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, that's we do that with gigs. When I play a live solo gig, I mean, it, it, this is very dumbed down and simple version of what you're talking about. But my wife and I, if we're playing, if I'm going to be playing a show for the first time, we'll go scout that place out to make sure, first of all, we know how to get there, where to park, how early we need to be, how we're going to get the gear in so that we're not figuring this out the day of, you know, where I'm going to set up and all that stuff. That's exactly right. <laughs> and that's why you do scouting. Yeah. So scouting, when we went to Crasher, it was, uh, we actually took like a little quick tour and it was a bit of a, like a haunted house. <laughs> and he was talking about how uh, mafia used to use uh, Crasher Mansion back in the day and they would incinerate bodies of their, their, their enemies in the basement. <laughs> they mm. saw the space where they did that stuff. It was mm. really, really wild. But, um, you know, we go there and we're talking and whatnot. This is the first time I've, I've ever done a music video. So I'm trying to kind of get an idea of this place. Yeah. And um, the day before, you know, we were doing the music video, uh, I called, you know, I'm just letting them know, hey, we're, we're going to do this thing tomorrow, right? You're, we're still on. He's like, yeah, we're still good. Then he goes like, you know, uh, did you, uh, you know, get insurance uh, mm. for, for the shoot? And I said what and he was like oh yeah the owner doesn't want to have you come over if you don't have insurance i was oh, like dude, holy man. crap <laughs> it was like what like emergency mode like i had to go and find some form of you know event insurance and uh i say this because these are the types of details that you normally wouldn't think about but yeah. if you're honestly for any music video shoot for any music video shoot, you should always have insurance for any event where you're doing filmography or, you know, just anything of that sort. This protects have, you, right, Ken, and it protects have, the owner of the property if something you, would happen. Protects your, your crew, yeah. protect the equipment that's being used, um, you know, and it's not expensive. You know, it's not expensive. Um, Can you tell and, us how much, dude? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it varies for the event and all that, but oh, I'm just curious. For, for me, um, you know, this I'm doing a 4K shoot with um, 12-bit color. I've got about seven crew. We're doing it in the woods. Um, for for that one day, I think it was 175 bucks. Okay. You know, base for for for, for minimum coverage. Uh, I think it's like 500 thousand overall, and I think a thousand dollars for crew gotcha. uh, for any gotcha. medical. So, but it, it gives you something, you know, it gives you some sort of from base coverage so that at least, you know, camera falls, lens breaks, you know, yeah. you got liability uh, to, to take care of it. That's so, you know, some of the people don't think about, you know, so this is, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, you know, and, and it does, I guess, give the a peace of mind to the crew that's, that's going out there as well. Absolutely. And, and permits, of course, too. Permits, yeah, permits are, especially yeah. if you go into a public space, uh, you need a permit. Yeah. And um, having the permit there, tells your crew too not to worry and look behind over your shoulder in case a park ranger comes over and says, <laughs> Hey, you gotta get out of here. We, um, and Ken, what if you filmed the video and then, and then somebody found out later, you didn't have a permit. I wonder if they would try to make you take that video down, you know? So it, and I don't know how that would happen, but just saying that, it, say it, it makes in, sense. In the case of like a state park, unlikely, yeah. but, um, if you did something, let's say at Madison square garden, mm. yes, they would ask for royalties. <laughs> oh dude oh wow yes because you yeah. cannot you cannot film uh a video uh of your performance at madison square garden for sale unless you pay 
Madison Square Garden for that fee, which is $100,000. Uh, so you're just like, hey, you want to do a video? Okay, <laughs> add this on top of your bill because yeah. it's MSG, of course. You know, it's the biggest, you know, one of the biggest venues in the world um, or most well-known at, yeah. at least, right? And uh, yeah, no, they'll, they'll take a fee. Anywhere between forty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars, something like that. It's it's insane. So that'd be like the guy with the hamburger. I'll gladly pay you on Tuesday. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, a lot of uh... exactly. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, a little later. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. This is great stuff, man. And and thanks for sharing this. You know, guys. Um, we, and I know that some of you probably want to do this or thinking about it at least. I hope so. I encourage all of you to do uh, some sort of video now. Let's just briefly, before we end here, guys, um, you know, we're looking up our metal song of the week here. I've got one for you. But for those of you who maybe you just want to play your guitar or just sing, uh, you know, in your studio, or in your home, or even outside out, you know, in a park or something like that. And of course, you'd have to get the permit for a park. But let's say you didn't want to deal with any permits or whatever. You're on your own property. I would at least say, you know, the two most important things is first of all, set your room up or wherever you're filming up, set it up. So it looks nice. You know, I mean, if, if it's a true music video, uh, you guys know how I film my lessons for metal mastermind, you know, metal riff master, metal guitar apprentice, and, and this, the parts I have and, and, uh, metal song is forge. I've got this huge blackout curtain that I'm in front of. So I have just a blank background and yes, yeah, just one boring blank background but it's better than having a bunch of just random stuff in in you know in the video for those purposes so i would say that set your room up hey if you want to put some cool gothic candles on the wall behind you you know and add some imagery or something like that you can do that but just make it presentable and i'd say the second most important thing is going to be the lighting right the lighting that you have uh for the different angles and, and, and anything you want to add to that can for just a simple like social media youtube video that somebody wants to put out there um, uh, good audio is really important. Um, I'd say, you know, you could neither get like a lavalier, um, or, you know, actually, uh, at AES convention, I saw Apogee was, uh, putting out these USB microphones that oh, sound cool. fantastic. Awesome. I need to look um, at those, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So they, they sound, they sound great. Um, and they, they link up to your phone directly. Uh, and you know, you should, be, the whole point about social media filming should be to eliminate resistance to filming. So your uh, session, you know, your, your studio session should, should have things that are repeatable, that are easy to repeat, so that you can just create more content. Uh, Jason's a master at that. He's, he's got a yeah, we, he basically can ooh. turn it on and bam, we're ready to go. <laughs> we're ready to go. Now, now, in most cases, if, if you're doing a music video now, um, you wouldn't have to worry about the audio so much because you're, you're going to sing and play behind and kind of lip sync to what you're yeah. doing and, and place your audio track, your mastered audio track in the video. But if you are talking, if you've got some talking parts and sometimes you might want to give an intro or whatever, yeah, the, the audio is audio and lighting are the two most important things, I believe, for videos in general. But as far as a music video goes, let's say you're just a you know solo guitar player and you've got an instrumental thing. Um, maybe you want to shoot some different angles of you playing that guitar in a really cool setup. You know, uh, maybe you want to show your gear, and, and that's fine too. There's no right or wrong way, but just I guess just be mindful and like Ken said, you know, map it out so that you know exactly what to do. You can always make changes later if you want to as as you're doing it, but you might want to film yourself playing some rhythms film yourself playing some leads you may film yourself multiple times 
playing playing your song and just kind of piece it all together. I think uh, you know, I think one of the biggest parts of all this and Ken, I know you're not here yet, but it's going to be the editing process is really piecing it all together, which going back to Ken's point about preparing, Ken's got a storyboard. So <laughs> you're filming this in the sequence you want it. So yeah, right. the editing is going to be, uh, it's going to be time consuming, right? And a bit tedious, but not as much because you, you've got everything laid out already. So again, it just goes back to simple planning. Yeah, I, I, I am a believer in over-preparing and not using what you over-prepare for, you know? I love it, dude. I love it. Yeah. You know, I, I'd rather be in the editing process and be like, we took all this footage, we've got the shots we need, but look at this. This, uh, this, is, this, this particular piece of B-roll that we just filmed uh, fits really well in between this shot and this shot as a transitional element, you know? And it's like, well, you know what? I'm so glad we over-prepared and we got that shot. Because when you're off site, you know, like once you do the shoot, that's it. You know, there's, there's, there's no other footage <laughs> yeah. aside from what you captured and the stuff that's, you know, you know, in your, in, in your video, it's going to be heavily based upon, you know, your choices that were made. So make yeah. good decisions <laughs> by making good decisions. You know, everybody's a happy camper. So. That's true, dude. That's true, man. <laughs> Well, dude, this is this is a great session, man. Learned a lot about something that we haven't really talked about, haven't talked about at all. And uh, so, if you guys if you guys love this content, hey, please share this podcast uh, on social media, email it to your friends or whatever. And uh, you know, hey, drop us an email. Go to metalmastermind.com, Drop us an email. Let us know if you want more of this type of stuff. Maybe you want a template or something like that. We can do an actual YouTube video on this and. And uh, maybe a blog post to give you a template and walk you through the process, you know, step by step. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Guys, head over to metalmastermind.com. Check us out. We've got courses for metal musicians. But before we do that, uh, we've got our song of the week. Ken, what you got, dude? Uh, yeah, so this is a band that I've loved for a long time. They don't, they're not together anymore. Um, and the, guitarist who moved on alexi leho this was his first mm. uh one of his first bands um it's called synergy with oh, the s-i-n synergy oh, like sin yeah like a sin yeah so synergy uh i spit on your grave is a it's a great tune yeah Man. um check it out I, I think the vocalist was actually uh alexi leho's ex-wife oh wow before they they had a divorce so it was great great music I'll have to go check that out, man. I'll check that out. Uh, my song of the week is called The Path to Decay, and it's by a band called Serenia. Uh, the album's The 13th Floor, and this is back in uh, 2008, released in 2008. But yeah, The Path to Decay, really cool melody, um, really cool key change in melody, especially in the chorus line there. So it's a great tune. Guys, love it. thank you so much for being a part of Metal Mastermind. We do appreciate you. Remember to go to metalmastermind.com. Check out all our courses for metal musicians. We've got several resources out there, no matter what instrument you play or if you're into production, studio building. And uh, until next time, guys, as always, create your own sound. <laughs>